Markout Movie Podcasters, and on today's episode, we're going to be doing the versus mode of Outbreak from 1995, comparing it to Contagion of 2011. Brandon, are you excited about it? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, by the way, before I forget, Beth wanted me to quote this to you. Who in the hell would want to review two movies about a virus with it, what's happening in today's world. So there you go, Aaron. <laughs> All right. I do. I'm the guy. I admit it. I take it all. I take it all. It's me. It was me. It's me, Beth. It's me. All right. Well, uh, before we jump into it, Brandon, uh, we know that uh, obviously, uh, was it today that uh, Quiet Place 2 was supposed to come out? Yeah, Quiet Place. Yeah, it was supposed to come out today. <laughs> All right. Well, it's sad. I'm sorry to remind you of how how we can neither go to the movies right now. Um, you know what else <clears> is sad though? What's that? Onward is going to Disney Plus on April 3rd, and it's going to be the lowest, uh, you know, money making movie for them. And so it's not going to get a sequel. It's just it's sad. <laughs> It is sad. I mean, because I actually dug onward. I liked it. So yeah, just it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, and also I know that. um, So today, on uh, streaming, as far as like you can rent it and renting it for like twenty dollars, you can rent uh, the Invisible Man. Uh, I believe you can. I don't know about Bloodshot, but uh, Emma. And then the hunt. It's bloodshot's coming, but you know, you know, I I wouldn't rent anything for twenty (laughs) dollars. I don't care what it is. That's just too much. But I know what they're doing. They're trying to get their money back, but that's just way too much. Even still, I mean, I guess it's for a whole family. They're thinking, so maybe it's worth it. But you know, the only one I haven't seen of those is Emma, which I don't care to see. So. Yeah. Not for twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just too much. Unless your whole family's watching with you, it's just too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to see Emma, but not for twenty dollars. Uh, I like Invisible Man, but I don't want to see it for twenty dollars. But if it was where now I could purchase it and own it, then yeah, that's a different story. But just yeah. to rent it and have forty-eight hours, it's not worth twenty dollars to me. No, it's really, it's really not. I did have a little bit of movie news. Um, yeah, go for it. Like, it's like two things. It's the only thing I can find. And they're just rumors. Uh, Johnny Depp is rumored to play uh, the Joker in uh, the Matt Reeves Batman trilogy. Um, what do you think of that, if it, if it happens? I don't know. Uh, I think 
whoever thought I'd say Joaquin Phoenix did a great job, but Joaquin did such a great job as the Joker. Um, and I know every in every version of the Joker is just someone else's different take on the Joker. And so you can't yeah. compare it, you know, even though we, we all crumbled Jared Leto's take on it, but it was take on it at the time. And at the time, I honestly didn't find a lot of fault with him as the Joker. But as far as, like, Johnny Depp, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he would bring to it. I know he could play crazy because Sweeney Todd and uh, yeah. Willie Wonka and things like that. But I don't know. I I think he'd be amazing in it. I think I, I just think Johnny, if his heart's in the right place, if it's if it's if he's into the character, he he just becomes something else entirely. I mean, he he's done it his whole career, you know, with a lot of it with Tim Burton. But the guy I would personally choose, and he's older, Johnny's older too, so is William Defoe. I think William Defoe would be amazing as a sadistic Joker. Uh, so, but I mean, I'm cool with Johnny. Is as long as it it feels like the Joker, <laughs> and not like Leto's Joker. Uh, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool with whoever you know. As long as they play it right, I, I bring it. You know. Yeah, you know what? Uh, as far as like what you said about Willem Dafoe, uh, it would be interesting yeah. to have him as the Joker because he is such a uh, he's he's great at playing a villain. He's also great at playing a good guy, but he, it, I think that'd be an interesting take on a old man Joker, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, the other news was just uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, he's rumored to be playing a Marvel in the near future. Uh, but again, that's just a rumor. Uh, what, what, hmm. Could you possibly see Jim Carrey in a Marvel movie? No, I really can't. Uh, and uh, no offense against Jim, it's just that you know, um, I think he's more tailored towards characters that kids can dig. And not saying that he couldn't be a Marvel character that kids can't dig, but you know, like even this is uh, Riddler was very cartoonish, you know. Um, so yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I it'd be interesting. I didn't think he was going to do good as Mr. Robot, Dr. Robotnik, but he did a great job. He surprised me. Oh, I know. I know you didn't. What did I tell you all along, though? <laughs> you said it. I did. I told everybody. I said, Jim's going to knock it out of the park. This role was meant for Jim Carrey. Uh, and I think people lost faith in Jim Carrey. And for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know. I guess bad movie choices or what, what not, but with, if you give Jim Carrey some rain, you know, free rain, he's he's gonna deliver, you know. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, uh, him playing a Marvel character, I uh, I could see it. it. It, you know, I mean, I, I he can play serious. Uh, he can play goofy. You know, I I kind of can see them mixing it together, goofy with serious. But um, it depends on the villain. I guess, uh, like, I can't see him playing Magneto or anything like that, but, but you know, one of the smaller villains, like, in the Ant-Man movie, I could I could definitely see that. I think he fits right mm. in with Ant-Man. But, you know. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. But that's also fandom coming out, too, so 
You know, I'm pro Jim Carrey, so. Yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey, if I would more times out of none see Jim Carrey in a movie. You know, yeah. um, especially like in 90s gym is like one of the best gyms, uh, early 2000s. I think when did, when was, uh, when was, uh, me, myself, and Irene, I feel like that was the last, uh, comedic gym movie before he kind of started going serious. I, I think it was, wrong. uh, I want to say early 2000s. Mm-hmm. The last time I actually, before Sonic, the last time I actually found him funny was Yes Man. And, okay. but he was serious as well in that movie. So he kind of did both. But uh, that was the last time that I found him funny in a movie before Sonic. Um, but I think me, myself, and Irene was in the early 2000s. I want to say 2002 mm. to 2003. Because that was like the okay. last time that the uh, Fairly Brothers had a hit for a long time. Was me, myself, it really and Irene. was. It really was. Like, you ain't heard nothing from them in years. Um, I've heard of two, right. movies. two movies. Two uh, movies. Um, the last Dumb and Dumber movie and Hall Pass. That's the only two movies I can remember them doing in the last I didn't remember years. they did. I didn't know they did Hall Pass, actually. I had yeah. no idea until you just said that. But it makes sense with the humor. With the humor yeah. in it, it makes sense that they did Hall Pass, yeah. They were more sophomoric... Uh, Poop humor, you know, toilet yeah. humor, uh, you know, which, you know, at, at one point in my life, it was hilarious. I don't know, going back now, as a 40-year-old dude, would I still laugh at it? I don't know. It would be interesting to, to experience and see. Uh, I know I did not laugh so much when I went back to watch um, Jay and Bob Strike Back. It wasn't as funny to me now as it was when I was 20, so I don't know. Yeah. I know. I read your review. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't say things, I didn't I didn't like that movie. So I like the reboot, but I don't like the strike back. Okay. Well hey, so is, that's why we, we Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying that's just weird because you say it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> just updated. Yeah. yeah, I felt like that's what it was. Uh pretty much the same movie. Um but uh, yeah. So speaking of things being updated, uh, I guess we'll go into our uh, versus mode. Um, I, uh, we're going to start with Outbreak today. It is two hours and eight minutes. It's made in 1995 or came out in 1995. Right now, uh, let's see. I'm going to give you the synopsis. I'm going to give the IMD, IMDb synopsis, and I'm going to let Brandon give you the. Uh, other synopsis, and then I'll let Brandon go ahead and give you the uh, ratings for it. So, IMDb synopsis. Army doctors struggle to find a cure for a deadly virus spreading throughout a California town that has brought the, um, brought America by an app that, women can I not read? <laughs> English, man. <laughs> the Army doctors struggle to find a cure for a deadly virus spreading throughout a California town that was brought to America by an African monkey. Oh, that monkey. Go ahead, Brandon. Hit me with the uh, ratings. All righty, then. <laughs> uh, give, me, give me the synopsis that uh, you see on uh, Google. 
I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, a dangerous airborne virus threatens civilization in this tense thriller. After an African monkey carrying a lethal virus is smuggled into the U.S., an outbreak occurs in a California town. To control the spread of the disease, a team of doctors is brought in that includes a contagious disease expert, played by Dustin Hoffman, and his ex-wife, played by Rene Russo, once the army intervenes to handle the situation, though the doctors must fight against the clock to save the town and its residents. Wow. So it sounds like they give away a lot more. Yeah, they, than... give, they give a few things away there. <laughs> but the ratings uh, that I see on here is uh, 6.6. Uh, out of 10 on IMDb, Metacritic gives it a 65%, 87% like this on Google. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, score is 60 on a tomato meter, and but the audience score is only 56. Mm. There you go. The audience don't like this movie as much. Oh, wow. No. Um, okay, well, let's jump into it. So it has uh, as Sam Daniels uh, Dustin Hoffman, who, uh, in in my opinion, Dustin uh, Hoffman was really great in this movie. Um, you know, I, I just know him from I've just seen him in actually a few movies. To be honest with you, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the one movie that I saw back when I was coming up, and I always thought that that was really a good movie. Um, it had him and um, oh, what's that other guy's name? Uh, uh, shoot! It's the dude. Uh, it's the guy that was in um, Untouchables. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's been. I feel like his name's Andy. So he's also in um, Untouchables. One the, Andy Garcia. Yeah, Andy Garcia. There you go. The movie with him and Andy Garcia. Are you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not right where, off. No. Like where uh, he uh, um, Dustin Hoffman uh, saved someone. Save. Uh, people from a burning plane or something like that, and he has sit on his face and you know, and uh, but he doesn't really want none of the praise for it. So uh, he went ahead and uh, said he went to a homeless guy and told, which is Andy Garcia, and told him to take the praise for it. And then he realizes that Andy Garcia is starting to get kind of famous from it, and he's wanting to kind of get his fame back. Okay, I, I, I just looked movie. it up. Uh, it's called Hero. There you go. Hero. Also, he is in Hook. I'm sorry just to be on Dustin. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. But he's also in Hook. Um, it's, it's a normal train coming through. Yeah, um, there's a train. So I'm leaving man. for a second. That's go all ahead. right. So, uh, all right. So, uh, the people who listen to this at home like what in the hell are these guys doing alright um, and then uh, Robbie Keough is played by Rene Russo uh, General Billy Ford is Morgan Freeman Kevin Spacey plays Casey Schuller. Cuba Gooden Jr. plays Major Salt Donald Sutherland plays General Donald McClintock uh, Patrick Dempsey plays Jimbo Scott Zakiz McKay plays Dr. Benjamin Awabi and then the only other person that I feel I should mention that I did not mention in my letterbox, but Brandon did, and I'm thankful that you did that, is uh, 
JK, what's his name? JK? JT. JT. Uh, JT. Uh, Try to find him. Walsh. You know his name. <laughs> I do. There you go, JT Walsh. JT Walsh is in this movie as well. As, as Brandon has pointed out, there's a cameo. Um, yeah, it's only one scene. I was like, but it, I loved it. Because <laughs> he brought so much to yeah. that one scene. Which I mean, that's JT really Walsh, though. So. Yeah, Brinks. he really. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> he was oh. just such a great, great character actor. I mean, he just had a presence on on screen. I miss the guy. Uh, good memories. <laughs> yes, JT Walsh. Uh, my my one of my favorite, and I'm not gonna uh, hang on him too long, but uh, my, one of my favorite movies uh, with JT Walsh is in it is uh. Is Pleasantville. Uh, it was like uh, one of his last roles, I think, was in Pleasantville. Um, yeah, he plays one of the town members who, uh, you know, is fighting against the change where people start getting color and things start getting color. Then he finally shows some emotion and becomes colored. Uh, it's just uh, really that's such a powerful movie. Um, and uh, but JT Walsh was such a powerful actor, and um. And yeah, and I was just so happy to see him pop up in this movie. Um, let's get back into it though. So in this movie, we have a. Uh, it starts out like back in uh, Zari, Zari, somewhere in Africa, uh, back in like nineteen was nineteen sixty five. Uh, somewhere in the sixties. Uh, during Vietnam War, I'm I'm presuming. I mean, it's the only thing I could think of. I mean. You know, but it wasn't mm. in Vietnam, but <laughs> it was in the 60s. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it looked like it was in Africa, somewhere in Africa. Mm. And it looks like, and, and this is one thing I didn't realize. So, uh, were they already knocking out trees at, during the beginning of the movie, or was it, because uh, don't it start with them knocking out trees, or is that later on? I think it starts off with them knocking down trees. Uh, okay. I I believe it does. Uh, but, I, I mean, uh, at the yeah. beginning of it, I didn't really, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> you know, you, these people start getting sick, and but it, it pans to the monkey a lot. You know, and it, you know what? It's hard to believe that monkey, the one that's carrying it, survived for thirty something years. Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's one thing I didn't understand either. Is that the same blade monkey from the very beginning that was in 1965 and then survived to like 1995 just to spread it? Or do all monkeys in that area have this virus? And also, uh, and it seems like they, the movie didn't really know how to deal with like the virus. Like, is it spread through like a bite or a scratch or, or saliva or is it spread through air? Is airborne at one point? So it's just. It felt yeah. like the uh, it felt like they didn't know how they wanted to treat the virus, you know. Yeah, they uh, Hollywooded it up a little bit. <laughs> it felt like a big Hollywood film, where you know what we're the other thing we're direct the reviewing didn't feel like it was real. Yeah, <laughs> so we're, I, gonna, we're I mean, gonna get there. We're gonna get yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a big blockbuster. It, that I felt just didn't really focus on the actual virus. It focused on trying to figure out a vaccine for the virus. Uh, mm-hmm. That's 
how I was taking it, taking it in, you know, and some people you know, in the government didn't want, you know, they wanted their weapon. The monkey that was carrying the virus was their weapon. So it's, you know a, what it's I, a, I was just gonna say it was a, it was a, a weird little movie when you get down to it, <laughs> that these uh, the American the government officials wanted, you know, this airborne virus to kill their enemies. Yeah, like, and it it doesn't seem like that would be actually a really good idea or smart idea to do. No. Um, <laughs> and uh, and one thing that I did like about the film is I love the cast in it. I think that they yeah. did a great job with uh, Dustin. Renee Russo, uh, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Kevin Spacey. You know, I know it's controversial with him, but Kevin Spacey did did pretty good. It's crazy to see him play such a un not I wouldn't say unimportant character, but just such a uh, uh, just a cast member. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I he was like, yeah. I was just gonna say this was before he actually got big. Like came a household. Well, not I wouldn't even say a household name, but a big an A lister started to become an A lister mm-hmm. in Hollywood. You know, uh, this is I think the Negotiator really launched him to become an A lister uh, or starring him and uh, Samuel Jackson. Sam. Yeah, J T. Walsh is in that movie as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was good. I mean, it is controversial to say, but you know, I I enjoyed Kevin Spacey. I've always enjoyed watching him perform i think he's just one of the greatest ever he's just scum of the earth <laughs> in reality but as an actor he's he's, he's in top of his class you know so yeah i, I think absolutely. that's just how you gotta i mean it's kind of like the benoit thing you gotta separate the person from the performer you just if you're gonna talk about them you just gotta separate that absolutely it's like it. it's like it's like uh, Cosby, you know. I love yeah. the Cosby Show. I don't, I don't approve of what he did, you know, uh, at all. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't take away the fact that the Cosby Show was such an entertaining show for me growing up. So yeah. yeah um, I mean, but yeah, Kevin I mean, did a great job in this movie, though. He he, he really did. he really did a good job in this movie. <laughs> and, yeah, you, uh, you cared for him. You cared for so many, though. I think that's what I like about the movie so much is you actually care for these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite that you don't they don't really focus on the virus like they should have but you know you care for the people and you hated Donald Sutherland yeah I realized I messed up on my letterbox review because I called him Kiefer where it's Donald and I oh, apologize you called him Kiefer? I, didn't, I didn't pick yeah, that up I had I to edit it I had to, I had to go back okay. and edit it uh, but uh, yeah so uh, but Donald, Donald you hate it you hated Donald Sutherland yeah. Uh, he's such a oh, he's such a good bad guy. Yes, such a is. good bad guy. I mean, he's just a all around one of the best actors. Uh, especially in the era he came in uh, came up in. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's so good. And you know, he's, he has a son that's really good too, as you just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love watching Donald. Uh, you know who I thought it was at first though, because you only heard his voice in the beginning. I thought it was Scott Glenn. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I thought it was Sky. I was like, oh. I didn't know who was in the movie. I hadn't seen it probably since 1995. I remember I rented it at Get Real going back. 
but <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I forgot who was all in the movie. I knew Dustin Hoffman was, I knew Morgan Freeman was, I knew Renee Russo, but other than that, I didn't remember who was in it. So I was, it was a nice surprise to see all these people. You know what? What uh, what it was for me uh, was because um, uh, you know at one point I thought oh, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen Outbreak, but going back watching this movie, I realized I've seen parts of Outbreak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, maybe I've seen the whole thing even. I just don't remember seeing the whole thing. I remember yeah. like the part with the monkey and Cuba Gun Jr. And I, you know, it's funny thing about it. Back then, watching it, I had no idea there was going to be Cuba Gun Jr. right there. Had no idea that that guy was going to blow up to be such a. Well, I won't say he's at one point he could have almost been a list, but uh, uh, he was at, at most he was upper B at one point. Um, yeah, but I didn't I didn't know that like that was going to end up being him and. Uh, and I didn't think about Dustin Hoffman like that. And, you know, like, is Dustin still with us? I have no yeah. idea. Is he still yeah, acting? He, uh, um, he did a movie with uh, Sandler. Well, actually, he's done a couple movies with Sandler. Uh, one's on Netflix. It's a drama. Well, a dramedy. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Good performances. Ben Stiller's also in that movie. Uh, but Dustin's awesome in that movie. Uh, yeah, he's still with us. He just doesn't work a whole lot. Which, I mean, at his age and his career he don't have to so that's true but but yeah i was a but big we, Hoffman fan though uh i really was during the 90s i i think the first movie i watched him in was fear with sam jackson and uh sharon stone i, I think Traber was in that too but uh i i really enjoyed it i watched that movie like four times in a row I rented it on Get Real again, but <laughs> Get Real is my thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Dustin. Uh, he's really good in this movie. I like really good. Uh, I just love watching him perform. It, it's like art watching him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then to see him play off of Morgan Freeman yeah. is really good too. Uh, like him and Morgan. Uh, you could tell, like, the way that it felt to me is like they were really truly old friends. Uh, that you know, just one just happened to be now the boss of the other, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I love the banter and stuff like that with Kevin Spacey in it and, and Cuba Gooding Jr. I, I like you could tell that they were like they were kind of close, and, and that's when I felt like it was really Hollywood. It felt very, uh, I felt like at times I was watching. Volcano or uh, or Dante's Peak or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, I felt like I was watching one of those type of movies. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, no, I'm not saying saying it's Hollywood. They Hollywood did it up. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just they went for a more entertaining aspect to the story than realism. I think. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad. I don't want people to get confused. I'm thinking it's it's a bad thing because I don't. I can rewatch and, and, this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Contagion, I cannot. But I'll never um, watch Contagion again. We actually got rid of but, it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Let me. So let me uh, say this. Like, and I wasn't pouring salt on um, anything. Like, like on Dante's Peak or Volcano because I absolutely love those movies too. Uh, it just felt like like those are the type of disaster movies, like '90s disaster movies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there was an era yeah. in the '90s when there was a lot there of disaster was. movies and 
Morgan Freeman was in a lot of them, but you know, but um, but yeah, it was just that time frame where there was a lot of disaster movies. But the best thing about those disaster movies is the rewatchability factor. Like I can go back and watch this. I can go back and watch Armageddon, or I can go back and watch Volcano or Dante's Peak, or you know, films like that because they they are Hollywood up enough where you know it it's not. It's not like where it's like watching Contagion is like it's like too real to watch, yeah. you know. It's, and that's yeah. how, that's the best way I could put it. It's too real for me. It's, it's literally a terrifying movie. It's horrifying. Yeah, it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I'm not saying I was terrified watching it. I just when you watch it and you the world that we live in right now, what's going on? I feel like this movie was a a, a godlike to what was what's happening. Even though I don't know if it's that serious, but as a friend just told me before we started shooting the podcast, he messaged me. He says there's been thousands of deaths in Italy, so I mean it's definitely serious. If you don't know, if you ain't got a vaccine, so uh, but yeah, that movie, scariest film I've ever seen, hands down. Hmm. And it's not even a horror film, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it and, is true um, horror, you know. Yeah, and that's a, and that's the best way to put it. That is true horror. horror. Um, so uh, with this film, we have like we started out in 1965 with this, you know, playing the brush, the brush and this monkey and, and the monkey is uh, somehow affecting people. We don't know how, but the monkey is affecting people. Um, yeah, and, they did, and then they didn't do a good job showing how it was affecting people. Like, did he bite somebody? Did he touch someone? How is it airborne? You know, they just didn't explain, you know, enough. It's just, it, right. All we know is it's just happening. <laughs> Which, I mean, that yeah, could have been absolutely. scary, too. I mean, that could have been a real scare factor there. But it's just, I mean, like, I think the theater scene in the movie is probably the most terrifying scene in the whole movie. Because you see mm-hmm. the guy coughing, and you see it latch on to people that, uh, you know, that spit and saliva and you see what how what it's doing to his eyes and stuff, and it's just oh, yeah. Stay yeah. at home, people. Stay at home. <laughs> yeah, and uh, another scene in that movie uh, that was really uh, like, all right, uh, we're, we're going to talk about it when we get towards the end of this movie. Uh, but uh, let's like, so all right, I'm going to get to this theater scene. So first, uh, so after the stuff happened in Africa uh, all those years ago, there's a new outbreak that's happening. Uh no, uh that yeah, there's a new outbreak that's happening in his village. Uh and they then take this monkey. Somebody steals this monkey from Africa and they're taking it. It's 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 like a uh a, a quarantine monkey and they're transporting it into like somewhere in San Francisco or something like that. And yeah. um and the monkey is being taken by Patrick Dempsey from uh freaking uh, what's that show that everybody loved? Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It was a always, young Patrick Dempsey. I always <laughs> remember him from uh, Can't Buy Me Love, though. Mm. That's where I know him the most. I mean, that's first time I saw him. Yeah. I immediately go to uh, I immediately go to uh, Grey's Anatomy with him. Like, I can't see him not in Grey's Anatomy. But, uh, but yeah, so he, it, this idiot, <laughs> steals the monkey. Also, there's a, a Chinese dude on the boat that feeds the monkey. Yeah, 
So clearly, he's he was infected. We find that out later. Yeah. But he steals the monkey, uh, takes a pet shop. The dude gets scratched. I'm like, oh, well, that's how it spreads. This guy. And I'm thinking, well, Patrick's safe because he, it, it, you know. It, but no, I guess just being in contact with this monkey gets you sick. I have no idea how this works, Brandon. But, uh, but, it, but I was entertained, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, getting to the theater scene. All right. So uh, the guy that was in the theater was working with the blood of the man at the pet store, and uh, it sprayed on him, and he got affected by that. He went out to the theater with his girlfriend or wife or somebody, and um, he started coughing. And when it like goes into people's mouth, and then when he's uh, walking around, affecting the whole theater, and he collapsed, and his blood coming out of his face and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's brutal. Uh, but I want to bring this up, though, about being affected. Because at the very end of this movie, Dustin Hoffman takes off his, his, his hazmat. Ha, ha, is it hazmat? Hazmat suit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, exposes himself to Renee Zellweger. Uh, not Renee Zellweger, Renee Russo. Um, and essentially becomes affected, too. But then he gets on a he goes and affects Cuba Gun Jr. If you think about it, because then he takes it off and he's around, flying around with him. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, they didn't seem to be infected, but infected. But you're right. He did take off his mask. <laughs> I didn't think about that. But yeah, you're right. He did. I mean, you you assume he would be exposed. I mean, because all Kevin Spacey did was get his uh, rear, the the, the rear uh, cut. Well, it lashed off it, you know, and, you know, it sprayed everywhere where he was. He was in an infected area, so he'd washed himself off, but he still, he got infected. So, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's character is infected. (laughs) Yeah, and so he's infected, and then he infects. Cuba, and then don't they go and infect his other family? Yeah, that has the monkey. Well, not just them, but uh, they go to s- several places trying to figure out where the monkey is. You know, and uh, so yeah, he would have infected a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought about that. I was like, that's not smart, man. That's not smart. But okay. All right, well, whatever, but um, but yeah, I was thinking about that. But anyway, because <laughs> uh, the moment that you tur- you turn it from being uh, something that's passed through uh, contact with people's blood or saliva or whatever to being airborne like that, I guess you just change the whole aspect of like, and, and it's good for it's done for like intense purposes. But I don't know. Um, I didn't hate the movie. I, I liked the movie. So at the end of the movie, uh, Brandon, tell tell us what happened at the end. Well, they finally uh, sum us up for us. Well, they finally um, they catch the monkey. You know, they they tranquilize Cuba, shoots him with the tranquilizer. So they get on a little chopper because uh, uh, Donald Sutherland's character is wanting to bomb the town now that's infected. Dustin Hoffman and Cuba are like they're gonna get in the way of it and this little scene reminded me of rambo i think rambo 2 it was mm. with without the shooting 
they, they come at a standstill, you know, like like Rambo did with that guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't help but think of Rambo too. But yeah, Dustin Hoffman is so good in this role right here too because he's like, we're not moving. He keeps talking. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? And it's like, we got a we got a vaccine for it. We can save these people. You don't have to do this and all that kind of dialogue. And I'm like, he is just so good in the role. But that's Hoffman. I mean, he just he's just good. And um, and I like the fact that you know that uh, Donald Sutherland gets on the radio and tells him to go go past them and bomb these people. And then uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman's character start starts talking to Billy. I think that's his name, Billy. Morgan Freeman's character. Uh, and Morgan Freeman gets on the radio, you know, and tells them how to stop them from going. And I, mm-hmm. and they, they end up going past them and they bomb the, uh, was it the lake? Or was it the ocean? Yeah, they drop it in the water. They drop it in the water. The ocean? Yeah. <laughs> I, it was just uh, which could also be bad. It could have been, yeah. Because don't you did contaminate? Don't you did contaminate the water supply? I'm just saying. Yeah. Just it's a Hollywood big picture, though, Aaron. They ain't thinking about that. That's true. I mean, if if, uh, if we can uh, have an oil drill team go to a, a meteorite and drill the hole into the center of a meteor to keep it from hitting Earth, then we can drop a bomb into water and it not affect the population at all or the fish or wildlife that's in that water at all. But, uh, yeah, but they dropped the bomb there. And then, uh, after that, they, uh, I guess they get the vaccine. They give it to Renee Russo first, because why not? Uh, (laughs) no, don't matter who else was there and been the sickest. Let's give it to my wife first. Let's save her first. Well, I mean, you gotta be selfish Um, in that situation. Well, that's his ex wife. And I love that, that Morgan Freeman <laughs> said that she's sick. And, and Morgan Freeman's, I mean, not Morgan Freeman didn't say it, but Dustin Hoffman's character said it. And he says, What'd you say? Well, what's that matter? She's your ex wife. And I was like, Really, Morgan? <laughs> really? You're going to go there? <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, I thought the same Morgan thing. Morgan Freeman came off like an ass through most of this picture until the end. Like, I feel there was like some sort of. I know you said they were old friends. I do believe they were old friends, but I believe there was some sort of grudge there too, like they had a grudge against each other. Because uh, at the beginning, when you meet them, you see they they unite. Um, and he said he made uh, his life miserable. I said, "How do I make your life miserable, Billy? You woke up, didn't you?" <laughs> I was like, "God, wow." Mm. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, Ed? I never said. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought that was just banter between old friends, but uh, but yeah, you're right. It could if we, we want to dig into that, it could be a chance. It could be an opportunity that uh, maybe somehow Morgan and I guess maybe uh, uh, Sam <laughs> has disrespected Billy somehow in his life, and and they kind of went separate ways, but they still got to work yeah. together. Um, but yeah, because they keep they did build it up. Like Kevin Spacey built up, um, uh, like when he's talking to uh, Cuba Gooden Jr., Major Salt, uh, his character, and telling him, "Have you ever seen the effects of a uh, virus on on the human body? Things like that." And then he starts building up everything they read in the uh, medical journals and stuff like that. He said, "Yeah, that's nice, but it ain't got nothing to do with when you see it in person." 
And but he mentioned something. He says this specifically. He says that uh, uh, about Sam Daniels, about uh, Dustin Hoffman's character. He says that he uh, he will he he was told to by Billy to come back alive, which is an order that he will follow. Although he doesn't follow many of them. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something like yeah. that. So the, it tells me that this guy is like a loose cannon. And that's what I kind of got from Dustin Hoffman. He kind of goes off the rails and does his own yeah. thing. He's like a loose cannon type of character. Um, and maybe that's where they have the conflict together because Billy as a superior, they can't he can't disaffront he he can't disassociate them that they're friends. Yeah, true. Uh and so he might not be able to like really take him serious whenever Billy gives him a command. And we've seen that in this movie where whenever he comes up to him and he says, this is a direct order to do this, he says, well, who's telling you to do this? Well, get your boss on the phone. Let me talk to your boss. Who am I talking? You know, like he can't really handle the fact that his friend is his boss. What's your thoughts on that? He seemed like he had an authority complex. You know, he he didn't really... To put it easily, he, he he reminded me of Steve Austin back in the nineties. Didn't really take, you know, kind of being told what to do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I loved it. But you say he was a loose cannon, but he was like a calm loose cannon. You know, he 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 thought mm-hmm. things out. You know, I, that's how I interpreted. It. He 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 was calm about it. He didn't follow orders a lot, but he was very. If he thought he was doing the right thing, he was gonna. He'd do whatever he wanted to do, but he tried to warn them that this thing would, would come back and bite them, and it did. And you know, that's yeah, they weren't very smart. I, I, I was like, the government was not very smart with uh, containing this virus, but of course, they would have been smart. We wouldn't have had a movie, so <laughs> let me let me ask you something that I, I want to know if this is your th- your thoughts too. Uh, so, uh, General Donald McClintock, which is uh, Donald Sutherland's character. Uh, so, was he the same guy at the very beginning in '65 that ordered the bombing? Yeah. Like, was he? Do you take the that was him that did that, that did that then? Was was uh, Morgan Freeman with him then as well, or no? I would say he was, but it was definitely Donald's character uh, on the radio giving the order. Maybe uh maybe Donald was given the order and uh, and Morgan Freeman's the one that actually bombed them. Cause they were definitely working together hmm. back then. No doubt. Yeah. Because Donald said, "If I go down, you Cause... go down with me." So obviously they they were there yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously they were. Um, but uh, so. With the uh, so with the end of this movie, essentially, we get to the um, the conclusion of it where they pretty much get the antidote. Uh, it seems that you see Dustin has taken the antidote because the marks on his yeah. hand. You see that Renee uh, Robbie is looking better. She was near death. She uh, we we sadly we lost Kevin Spacey in this movie. <laughs> Uh, People listening, aren't uh, gonna I be... assume we did because we never see him again. Yeah, I, I say he died. <laughs> he looked like he was on the verge of death. You know, but he was one of my. He was actually a, one of my favorite characters in the movie. Uh, it just it, it is what it is, man. I can't deny <laughs> the fact that he was a favorite character of mine in this movie. Well, that, <laughs> he was. You know, that's just the talent, uh, though, of him. He could be a favorite 
You know, he the guy had he had charisma and he just he still does. I mean, even though he can't work anymore and he shouldn't be allowed to work anymore. Uh, you just you can really like him, but you can really hate him. He had that he had that talent. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know. I, I do want to. I, w- I do want to ask you about a couple other people. Uh, first, uh, so uh, Dale Die, who plays Colonel Briggs. So he's the Colonel that uh, 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 McClintock keeps giving crap oh, yeah. to. Like uh, you can't do your job. How did you feel when he got his uh, one up on him uh, on McClintock? How did you feel for him? I felt. I mean, I felt good for him, but. I don't know. I, I I don't know. It just the character didn't really do anything for me. You know, I didn't feel too bad for him when he was getting you know knocked down a peg or two. Uh, but I mean, I felt good for him in the end. But say it would have been like Dustin Hoffman's character or someone else, I would have felt something more. I guess. Mm-hmm. He just. I don't know. The character didn't really do that much for me. It felt like he was just kind of there for most of it. I don't know. That's just how mm-hmm. I perceived it and took it. And what did you think? Uh, I just kind of like. I love that he kind of got his little uh, hooray moment uh, just at the end because uh, the guy uh, Donald Sutherland was such a such a, a dick to him. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, Excuse my language, but he really was. He was just such a, he was a, he was such a prick, man. He was such, and it seemed like he just really wanted to kill people. Yeah, it's just like his thing. He really wanted to kill people. He didn't damn the consequences. He just want people dead. So he cannot be in charge, man. No, he, but but uh, he was. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but he was. And I was just gonna say, he just, you know, he was, he was a character you love to hate. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. You need those type of characters you love to hate. You absolutely need them. They make the story so much better. Really do, yeah. Uh, it really does. Um, and uh, so, at the end of the movie, uh, I think it ends with does it end just ni- uh, typical nineties yeah. uh, movie where it like just it's over, it's right? Over. I, I think it was just it was over. Just over. Yeah. He assumed they saved the town yeah. and they uh, gave everyone their vaccines and they survived. You just assume it. You know, you don't see it, but you, you assume that's what happened. Um, the difference in because uh, 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 we're going to uh, I guess we'll take a quick pause right. and come back in a moment to then talk about uh, Contagion. We're going to give our scores. Um, yeah, yeah. Before we do that, we're going to give our scores. So, uh, Go ahead, Brandon. Give me yours. I'm giving it a four out of five markouts on the markout meter. Yeah. I'm still not used to saying that, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna give it four out of five. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I'm gonna give it four out of five on the markout meter uh, as well. It just, I feel that uh, I feel like it. It is what it is. It's, it was. It was a fun. I guess is a epic was a considered an epidemic at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a fun epidemic movie, a crisis film uh, that was very Hollywood and uh, glossy. Yeah, 
uh, but it was fun. That's all I can say yeah, about it, man. That, and that's what it was. It's got rewatchability on it. Uh, you know, it, it, I felt like it just didn't take the virus as serious as it could have or should have. It took it serious to a point, Ooh. but it, it was just more about finding the vaccine. You know, that's really mm-hmm. what it, I mean. That's what it was more about. But we're about to, the other thing we're about to review was it was about what it did to you. And, you know, mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. We're about to get there. Well, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, the next film, Contagion. All right. Welcome back to the Markout Movie Podcast versus mode. We are versing Outbreak, which we just gave our marks on. If you missed that, uh, if you didn't listen to that, I'll go ahead and recap. I gave it four. Brandon gave it four. Uh, we thought that it was a good movie, that it was a very Hollywood movie, but it also has rewatchability factor as well. But this movie, Brandon, we're getting into does not have rewatchability factor for me. It does not. Too real. Too real. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Yes. Um, we're watching and we're talking about rather Contagion from 2011, and it feels like it was made yesterday, to be honest. Um, yeah. All right. Healthcare professionals, government officials, and everyday people find themselves in the midst of a pandemic as the CDC works to find a cure. Directed by Steven Soderbergh, writing Scott Z. Burns, and stars Matt Damon. Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and others. Brandon, give me the marks. Uh, give me the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 70% on Metacritic, 86% like it on Google, 85% on the tomato meter. But the audience score, again, is a little bit down 63%. So there you go. There's your ratings for this movie. You know what's crazy? I feel like because <clears throat> back when it came out in 2011, I did not watch this film. Um, and so, and so I feel like because of now and the and the coronavirus that people are now starting to watch this movie now. So I think it's more popular now than it ever was then. Yes, it's uh, like uh, Outbreak was too, though. It was is Contagion on Netflix? No, this is this was uh, on. Stars, I believe. Uh, you can okay. get it on Prime. Yeah. Well, uh, Outbreak was like number eight or number nine on their top ten list to watch. Uh, Contagion is like very popular today, though. It's like one of the most watched films going on right now. <laughs> Which well. is scary because when you watch this film, you actually think, well, we are living, well, we, we presume we're living this movie right now. Especially in the beginning. Of the movie. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. I feel like we're living this movie. Like, like the way that the coronavirus attacks people is not exactly the way that this virus in this movie attacks people. But like this one seemed more. It's a quicker pace type of reaction to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the the virus, nonetheless, the way that it spreads is so scary. And um, let me let me mention real quick who once again. 
Gwyneth Paltrow is Beth Imhoff. That's who we start the movie with. Uh, then there's Lee Fay as Tian Yu Chu. I mean, Tian Yu Chu is Lee Fay. I apologize. Josie Ho is Lee Fay's sister. Listen, I ain't gonna go through everybody. Uh, <laughs> Matt Damon is Mitch Imhoff. Um, Lawrence Fishburne and Dr. Ellis Cheever. There's other people. There's a lot of people in this movie. Jude Law's in it. Is Alan Krimweed. And there's like li- literally like it's a lot of people in this movie. Um, Kate Winslet's also in it. <laughs> it. Kate Winslet is in it, isn't she? I forgot that she's in it. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, was shocked at what happens to her character. Because I thought that she was going to figure out, you know, how to stop this thing. I felt like she was at top of her class, you know, as doctors, and but it doesn't go according to plan with her. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but yeah, and, this movie uh, has some shots. Uh, also, uh, I want to mention also Brian Cranston's in this movie. Uh, I know him yeah. from Breaking Bad. Uh, some others might know him from the very beginning of Godzilla, <laughs> but. Uh, but you know he's in this movie. Also, uh, uh, Sanaa Lathan's in it as Aubrey Cheever, who is uh, Lawrence Fishburne's wife in this film. There are just so many people in this movie. Um, There's a lot. It's a big cast. Yeah, it really so is. We start the movie in uh, on day two, and you don't know a day two of what. So just day two, uh, and it has. Yeah. Uh, Kate, uh, it has uh, Gwyneth Paltrow at the at an uh, airport. Uh, I guess you don't realize she, she's at an airport uh, bar. She looks sick. Visibly, she looks sick. She's like her nose, her face looks like strain of color. Uh, and she, uh, wow, this movie, man. Uh, she's eating p- airport peanuts, man. You know, with yeah. her hands. And I'm thinking, Lord, she shouldn't be eating those peanuts. Throw them away. Um, and uh, she's on the phone with someone. You find out that she said an affair with some guy. She, you didn't really know who, who, and what. Uh, you know, she's clearly sick. She gets on the airplane. She makes her way back home. She gets her son sick. She goes into convulsions. And then shortly thereafter, her son goes in convulsions. And then there's also we follow other people like in other parts of the country that's also getting sick. And you can just see how brutal, you can just see how things spread in this movie. That's so crazy. Yeah, they spread fast. And like I said in our other review, we mentioned it a couple times. It just felt real. <laughs> like extremely like too real. And I, I, it was just hard to watch at times how real this felt. And I guess if it was, if it, things weren't happening today, it wouldn't feel as real. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with things that are going on right now, it, it felt. I just felt like I was watching what was really happening in the world. You know, because I, I mean, we know people have died from this, so mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, it's just I don't know, man. It just it, was, it just felt real, <laughs> scary, terrifying. You don't know, you can't, you don't know what to do. You don't know. You you go out, you can get sick, stay in. You don't know. I mean, 
I, what I found interesting, though, with Matt Damon's character, he was immune to it. It was just... I, have, I don't understand how you can be immune. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you... I, now there's people out there immune to stuff, but just, it's just weird that like he was the only one that was immune. Yeah, yeah it seems like... Um... I don't know. It's, uh, maybe it's kind of like if you've had chicken pox as a kid, you're immune to other things, yeah. other type of pox outbreaks. Um, I had chicken pox as a kid, so I'm, I guess I'm I immune to some things, but I'm not sure. But uh, just I don't know. It's just one of my one of the most scary, one of the most heartbreaking scenes in this movie is that is is when they. Like when she starts convulsing, and then yeah. like they they push him out of the uh, room so they can operate on her, and then the doctor comes out and tells him that she died, and he just doesn't comprehend the words that he is saying. He's like, "Okay, yeah, well, when can I see her? When, you know, uh, well, how, what what can we do to help her?" And he's like, "The doctor trying to tell him, you know, hey, she's dead, man, she died," and then like. It cuts to like, it cuts to her art, her autopsy. My goodness. Yeah. My goodness, Brandon. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. no. Yeah, it's 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 a hard movie to watch. Really, it is, and it just it makes me wonder though. I, I who who directed this movie? Um, Do you know? The, the, yeah. Our fan? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It is uh, oh Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, Dean Soderbergh. Wow, wow. It just I don't know. It kind of feels like maybe some people kind of knew something was coming. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not a hundred percent what we're dealing with right now. Not a hundred percent, but it's very close. You know, and uh, it's just I don't know. It's uh, too close. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people think it's blown out of proportion. Uh, I'm one of those think it's blown out of proportion. But I'm also one of those is taking it serious, too. I mean, because we don't know. You got some people think the government is involved somehow. You know, it's, it's not as big. It's not as bad as they're, they're saying, you know, or whatever. But, you know, but you know what the most heartbreaking scene for me was? When Matt Damon comes home. And finds his stepson basically he, he's dead. That was like whoa! Just lost his wife. Now he comes home and sees his stepson dead. And then he becomes very overprotective of his daughter. And just, mm-hmm. I mean, I completely understand. I mean, he's lost, he, he's scared. He's gonna lose everything. And her dumb butt letting the dude try to almost kiss on her. I'm like, no. It was like you yeah. know, it's crazy how how a, a little something simple as a kiss can be so uh, suspenseful in this movie. It's so suspenseful, uh, and then uh, the moment that uh, Kate Winslet gets sick, so she comes in as a doctor tasked with uh, from the CDC to try to help find a cure yeah. or, or to try to track down what's going on, and um, mm-hmm. and she becomes infected with it, and. And uh, man, and uh, oh yeah, man, I didn't, see, I didn't see that one coming. 
And this film went in places I didn't see it going, which, I mean, honestly, I didn't know where it was going to go after it started. I mean, you know, I mean, I wasn't expecting Win of Paltrow to die in the opening of the film, you know. First five, you know, uh, 15 minutes, her, right? Yeah, I was expecting her possibly to die, but I, I was thinking maybe more at the end. I didn't really know what this movie was going to be about. Like, I didn't know the story. T- I knew what it was about. I just didn't know how they were going to tell the story. So I really wasn't expecting her to die opening. I, I don't even remember seeing a trailer to this. Um, so I kind of went in blind. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I just, it blew me away, though. I mean, and you, you kind of have people that don't believe it, you know, that they think it's blown out of proportion in the movie as well. Obviously, with the, the kids, you know, they kind of reminded me of the, the, these kids now uh, at spring break. You know, being mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me, let me ask you this quick quick question too, because all right. So at the end of this movie, which I'm not going to jump all the way there, but I just want to ask you this quick question. So with Lawrence Fishburne's character, uh, he gave he gives up his one of his flu shot, uh, not flu shot, one of his virus, uh, you know, shots or whatever, uh, to like this guy and his son, right? Um, yeah, John Hawk's son. Yeah. Yeah. So did. Did um so so does he not get access again to this again no. or does he so does he have it just like what I don't think that's practical to do that because you uh, know I, I I think he felt almost guilty for what he was doing of course that was his wife of course he was going to tell her uh but I almost you know, I felt he felt guilty a little bit with uh, Roger and his son. I just because they weren't in the same situation. And there was even a little scene there. He says, "I got people too," you know, because Roger overheard the conversation. Mm-hmm. Him telling his wife on the phone. So I, I think he felt guilty about it. I think that's why he did it. Uh, he was taking a chance with his own life. But I don't think he was sick. I just think. He had guilt mm. with Roger and his kid. That's how I took it. I mean, he could have I don't know. I mean he could have been sick. But I also knew they were gonna take they were gonna take him to court too, you know, for what he did. So Yeah. Um which and is, then, yeah, I was just gonna say that's just wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't tell their wives or husbands, you know. And, can't tell me you're in that situation. You're not going to tell them. Yeah, that's true. You can't. Uh, you you will say something. Uh, and then you got people like Drew Law in this film who it seems like he was he like I guess he's a journalist, but then also seems like he's an opportunist because uh, he was able to make uh, yeah, money. Yeah, he, uh, he was a yeah he was a blogger essentially who claimed to be a journalist. Because I remember in the opening he said you're not a real journalist. You're a blogger. <laughs> but yeah, he was an opportunist, no doubt. No doubt. And he, I mean, he ended up making so money, right? He ended up making yeah. Yeah. money off of this. Oh, and yeah. uh, this, there's so many things that, that just talks about like what happens in real life. Like uh it's a scary it's a scary thing in this movie where they get to the point where uh you know there's there's a there's a quarantine, everyone is 
it's got to be quarantined it's, uh, throughout the United States. Um, and then also um, there's a food bank, a food truck, but it doesn't have m- much food in it. And then like people start uh, like looting and, uh, you know, breaking in people's houses and things like that. Yeah. It just, and, and it's where <laughs> I was just going to say, that's where we're headed. If they don't hurry up and find a vaccine. <laughs> uh, I, I see that coming actually. Cause we're already quarantined, you know, things are shutting down. You know, uh, Walmart's getting close. That they're closing eight thirty now. So I mean, it's this movie. I'm telling you, it, it, it's very scary. <laughs> I could, we, we are essentially living this. We're, we're very living, close to actually living it. We're living 100%. in contagion. I mean, yeah, we're living in yeah, contagion. We're, we're li- yeah, and uh, they're already warning people. To some people are already starting to break into houses. You know, and it's just. You gotta be safe out there. Yeah, you, you need to stay home, people. <laughs> really, you need to stay home. And also, yeah. And also, uh, like here, here locally, and I'm, 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 we'll get back into the movie, but locally, there's two people here in Bowling Green that's tested positive for the coronavirus. Both of them are older, a 77 year old man and an 87 year old woman, both at the Greenwood Hospital, Greenview Hospital, tested positive for the coronavirus. So here in Bowling Green, mm-hmm. there's two people here. They have it for sure. So it essentially could spread. Yeah. It depends who they've been around. You know, mm-hmm. man, it's, yeah, it's, that's scary. I'm not, I'm not going to Bowling Green anytime soon. Yeah. And, and, and you know, <laughs> really, you, you got to, you, you, I was just going to feel for you because you live there. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm but here. I'm, 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 I'm sure it's going to hit Russellville soon. Uh, you know, I'm, it's going to hit everybody everywhere. I, I believe we just don't know how serious it is truly, you know? And, but and some we, people can live, some people can have it at these other places, but have just not been tested for it, have not had the yeah. test available or just, so there could be already people in Russellville or Glasgow or, you know, yeah. uh, Scottsville or wherever else that has it. They just don't even know that they have it yet. I, I, I think we're going to get to a point where we're all going to have to go get checked out. I mean, it's, you know, that's scary to do, but, you know, I think you, you're going to get to that point. I mean, I'm pretty sure Bowling Green people are freaking out over it. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Probably wanting to get tested right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know I would be. If it hit Russellville, I know I probably would probably try to make an appointment just to if they would test me, you know, I would ask if they would, if they could. And I don't know if locally they, they know, we know how. <laughs> so I probably would have to go to Bowling Green. You probably would have to come to Bowling Green to get tested. Yeah. Uh, and like, and so this movie, uh, like that's why I kind of glossed over everybody that's in this movie because honestly, a lot of people don't stay in this movie for a long time. You start to care about them. Like Kate Winslet's character, you care about her, and then yeah. all of a sudden she's like, you know, she's gone. And uh, I, uh, and I believe, uh, give me, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. So the one doctor lady that was actually in the, uh, like, helped finding the cure for it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So she had a she had a guy that was kind of helping her, right? Uh, that like was a tech, uh, a lab tech. Yeah. 
Um, the guy but, from and, the, the father of uh, uh, what was her name from Friends, Courtney Cox's character. I can't think of her name. I know it's Rachel. But I can't. Uh, Monica. Uh, Monica. Her father. Her father on the show was the guy that was helping, trying to come up with it. I believe. I believe. I, I thought he was a younger guy. I'm talking about like the uh, the lady that eventually okay. found like some type of cure who injected herself. Uh, with uh, or you know, I mean, she injected herself with her father's blood. Right. That was her father that she was talking to towards the end before she found the vaccine. Yeah. That was her father who was sick. But didn't she have a guy that was in the lab with her at one point, like uh, like helping her? Because I was just talking uh about like like mundane stuff, like stuff that wasn't really that important, and uh and then. Like towards the end of the movie, you only seen her in the lab, so I feel I felt like he might have got affected too. Um, because I, I, I can only think of uh, the guy from Friends, um, I don't think he worked with her, I, I, he was told to stop doing it by her, he continued. <laughs> but for as far as her goes, I can only remember her with the guys in Hong Kong, um. I think that's where it was. I think it was Hong Kong. Was that the same lady? Uh, or was that yeah. like... Because I yeah, thought that was a different own, person. Uh, no, that was the same lady. Lorraine. Okay. Yeah, like there was a lady that was in Hong Kong that uh, uh, that was um, essentially was pretty much taken hostage <laughs> by, by Hong Kong uh, and, and told uh, to... Uh, you know, to stay in that village until like they can get them to get a cure, and they end up giving them yeah. a, a placebo. Um, and uh, see, and instead of her taking her cure, she ran back to, I guess, towards Hong Kong, wherever the heck that little village is. I assume she died because you don't hear nothing else from her. Just like like so, so many characters in this movie just disappears and vanishes. And that's kind of like what yeah. this, this disease does to people. Uh, it just makes you vanish. You just are gone, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, man. I mean, that's, that's the real part about it, though. I mean, it's just... It's a realistic version of what it would do. I mean, you know, as sad as that is, I mean, that's... That's, that's real. <laughs> What it put me in the mind of a lot of times was the movie is from 1996 called Trigger Effect. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that movie. Is it 96? I have, I have not. Uh, it stars Elizabeth Shue, uh, Cal uh, McLaughlin, uh, Dermot uh, Moroney, uh, and then uh, Richard T. Jones is in it. A couple other people are in it. So uh, Michael Rooker is in this movie uh, as well. Uh, so uh, it's about a like uh, a town in like I feel like it's somewhere in California has a blackout and it leaves uh, it leaves like this whole area you know naked essentially and uh, yeah. and uh, and electricity's out and people start going crazy start rioting looting breaking into houses you know and people start becoming more savage because they can. Yeah. And and that's how, how I felt like doing this movie. Although electricity and stuff wasn't off, so to speak, in this movie, but 
I felt like when people uh, have resources taken away from them, they get more savage. And that's what this movie did to me. Uh, uh, the, I was going to call it coronavirus, but contagion. That's what contagion, <laughs> that's what contagion did to me. And, and uh, speaking of that, I also, uh, with, every time they talk about the virus and contagion, I would just in, interject coronavirus because I felt like it mirrors too much of what's going on. But go ahead, Brandon. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember where I was going with it, but I agree, hundred percent. Uh, it's truly terrifying this movie and everything that's going on right now, and just I don't know, man. You just don't know. You don't know what's gonna happen. You just, you just gotta stay in your house. <laughs> <laughs> just stay locked away. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. He, and then you gotta. I mean, whether you like your president or not, he's staying. He's telling you, to, and whether he's being a smartass or not, which he is, but you just gotta. He's trying to tell you to stay home, <laughs> stay away yeah. from other people. And, and people, I listened to one of the things he said yesterday, and he said, "You people are too close as it is." Matter of fact, all of you need to leave except for two or three of you that I like. Like he's just he's a savage in his own way. And I'm not saying I'm a fan of his or I hate him. I'm kinda neutral to him. Um mm-hmm. he's just he's an arse <laughs> to quote Seamus. <laughs> but <laughs> uh but you know, I mean the truth is you need to take it seriously. and um, you need to stay home and that's just the truth. I mean and it, I yep. think you know, this movie was trying to tell people that too and of course they didn't listen you know you know mm. like people in the world are not listening they're going to uh, beaches they're just, just going out you know they, they're not taking it serious and that, and that's the and thing I told her, go ahead and i told her oh yeah i was just saying this i told a friend uh because all these people joking about it online and what i says i was one of them that was doing it too but now I'm taking it more serious because we don't know. I mean, it, it may not be as serious as it was or as it, is, as it was in other countries. We may have contained it somewhat, but you still need to take it serious because you don't know. That's what, that was the message I was trying to give them. You know, uh, you know that reminds me of, uh, like, uh, what's, that, what's that one movie? Um about the giant creature that attacked New York. Cloverfield? No. There you go, Cloverfield, <laughs> yeah. So in that movie, it, it, in that movie, uh, when it, when you see the video camera footage, uh, yeah. people at first are not taking it serious. They're just treating it like a joke. Like, hey, let's go over and check it out, see what's going on, you know? And they're joking yeah. about it and things, laughing, partying still, laughing. And then, like, once they realize that people are dying, then it's like, oh, this is serious, and, you know, and it's kind of like you still have. I was just gonna say you're still gonna have people are gonna joke about it until it affects them. That's when the joking stops. Yeah, until it, it affects, affects them, you. and and and, uh, and so uh, it, the thing about this, uh, the virus that we're currently fe- facing, is uh, we can just see how this virus in itself has affected so many things from. Or entertainment, going to see things, or uh, yeah. going to work, 
just being able to literally go to work, you never you never realize how much your jobs not just your jobs mean, but how much contact you have with people at your job until the, you're told to stay six feet away from people. You know what I'm saying? Until you're yeah. told, hey, some people are being phased to go home to work, you know, and things like that. So we, you know, and which is happening in my job and then my other job at the movie theater, as you know, Brandon, we're closed down. Yeah. So that's, that's a no. source of money I don't get. Not only just getting to see the movies, but it's a source of income that I look forward to every two weeks, you know? And so I don't have that. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's something. And then you have elderly people that are truly shut in and truly uh, shut down. And you got people that are going to Walmart, buying up nine or 10 packs of, to- of toilet paper, you know, not yeah, leaving that's... anything for older people that can't get around, you know, and, and, and is more, uh, and is it more of a risk of, of being damaged by this virus than I am, you know? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's crazy. But also, I mean, you know, and I know you believe this as well, because you're a preacher, you know, you know what the end, you know what the Bible says in the end times, how people will be. <laughs> I think we're living it. I, a part of me actually believes we're living almost in the end times. Now, my dad's a preacher, too, and he's been preaching about the end times for, like, a decade. Uh, and, you know, I know people take a, take that and they hear the end times and they think it's a joke, but it's not. It's coming. And if you look at what's happened in the world in just in the past decade, you can see that it's it's close. If it's not mm. here, it's close. I mean, it's, it's getting closer every day. But, you know, it people is. think it's a joke. And, and, you know, I don't look at it as a joke, but I have faith. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to be good, you know. But a lot of people don't have that faith, clearly. <laughs> but, you know, you know. Well. You know, whether I get affected or not, I still have faith. I know where I'm going when this is all over. Right. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And you can clearly see that with how they're reacting. And and but, I think yeah. that's why a lot of people now are gravitating towards watching movies like Contagion um, because uh, like people will watch it and see how, how close it mirrors what, what happens. Yeah. And so in the movie, in the movie, the whole time they're trying to figure out how exactly this virus happened. You know, uh, was it like somebody eating something weird or anything like that? And then I love that at the very end, it shows how simple, how simple, and that's a, probably the most like, crazy whoa Keanu Reeves moments yeah. like whoa type of moments for me yeah. was uh it starts with a bat the bat picks up something that's uh like like they start with them clearing trees in this forest mm-hmm. like 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 outbreak and a bat it goes somewhere and the bat licks or eats something and it falls and uh and it falls and a pig eats it the pig is slaughtered and that slaughter pig is taken to a butcher and the butcher's preparing the pig and get his hands in the mouth of the pig and then uh, like doing something, trying to dig something out I guess and then uh, they say hey this person wants to, you, you don't know what's going on, somebody says hey, this person wants to uh, meet the chef, you know so instead of washing his hands he just wipes his hands off on his thing on his apron and goes and um, you know, shakes her hand and takes a picture and that's how, that's how the virus started. 
Because yeah. he had unwashed hands. He's handling raw meat with this bat, with this bat uh, uh, DNA, I guess, that's transfused onto his pig DNA for some reason. And um, and that one uh, one washed hand affected Gwyneth Paltrow, who later affects the dude that, like, everybody that she encountered at that casino and also affect the dude in, in Chicago that she slept with. And effect, you know, just everything just yeah. kind of started and spread it from just that one dude not washing his hands, and then like I immediately wanted to wash my hands because you know I, <laughs> I'm like, my goodness, that's so yeah. that's so crazy to have something that simple like that can change affect so many lives, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that it was that simple. Came in contact with that person, that person, that person, the world, uh, and if it, it, it's happening now, <laughs> um, maybe not that fast, but it's still happening, and uh, it's something to take serious. I mean, I've said it a few times already, but you know, I just see people on Facebook not taking it serious, think it's a big joke, and I think their tune will change. If someone they know gets affected, mm-hmm. infected, and has to be quarantined for fourteen days, and what well, we, we don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously celebrities, we're gonna get the best medical treatment possible, you know. Like but Hanks us and... normal folks, yeah, yeah. But us normal folks, we're not gonna get the best treatment possible, you know. Yeah, that's just the that's a reality, you know. Yeah, and and oh, if you do get treatment, it ain't gonna be, it ain't gonna be. It could be what you can afford, you know. Uh, yeah. But you know the thing, and then there's kids, and I I'll talk about this before we wrap up this, uh, this this uh versus mode. Uh, there's kids out here, man, that are doing stupid things like licking toilet seats and door doorknobs. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, like not only are you afford. Not only will you not get, maybe get the coronavirus, your dumb butt may even get hepatitis. You stupid, you stupid idiot. Is is the quote Chris Jericho? <laughs> but yeah, I mean these. The, the, the problem here is these people think it's a joke, and you got. I mean, you got people, you know, in their late twenties, thirties, should be mature enough to know better. To make jokes about it, but you know they they don't. Mm. Like I have several friends on my Facebook are making jokes about it, and I and I I, I just think, well, if it hits you or hits someone you know, I think your view on it's going to change. And you know, it's funny also, and I know we're we're going to get we get off topic real quick, but. Oh, never mind. I ain't gonna. I was gonna say like you know with, with the whole stimulus check thing, and people like talking about well, I ain't my. But you know you gonna cash the check if he sends you a thousand dollar check. You can cash the check. Don't pretend like you ain't gonna cash the check. You know. Oh but, yeah, uh, people are gonna cash that check. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get a check. I doubt that I would get one since I'm on disability. But I'm not looking for a check. I'm just. Beth needs a check. She's gonna get. They're closing down after today, so you know it's it's gonna get hard. You know, I mean, you know already. I mean, mm-hmm. movies, 
he he, he kind of lost his job right now for that. Uh, hopefully, the Thank- other thing doesn't stop. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm thankful uh, that I got another job, man. I mean, but not yeah. everybody has that. Not everybody has two jobs, and you know, some no, folks like a lot of people at the movie theater that I work with. That was their job. That was their job, their only source of income, and now they found for unemployment. Um, yeah, for Lord knows how long, and and unemployment is so such a hassle to deal with. They, you know, it's such, and I've dealt with it. It's just such a hassle to deal with. Um, it's just so frustrating, and it makes you want to not even try it. And that's and they do it in pur- on purpose so you don't get the money, so they keep the money. That's just maybe yeah. a conspiracy theory in me, but that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I've never dealt with it. When I left Walmart, I was going for disability, so I, I didn't deal with that. Uh, but I heard I've heard all about it, and I heard it's a big hassle, not only to f- file for it but to get it. I think it's a big hassle regardless when you're dealing with, you know, money that, you know, you're not earning at a job. You know, you have to depend on the government to give it to you. So, I mean, it's just a hassle because they don't want to, you know, they fight you on it. So I I know people would probably like, well, hey, y'all done got away from contagion. Uh, But have we really because we're living it? So you got to talk about it. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, I guess, give my marks. Uh, unless there's anything that you want to mention again of the movie. that cause, like, uh, it's, Everything that I happens, happens say, like... Yeah. I think my favorite character in the movie was... Pro- I I'm going to go with Matt Damon. Um, me too. <laughs> surprisingly. Me too. Uh, here I am, liking Matt Damon all, all of a sudden. But... Uh, uh, I would probably go Kate Winslet really and Mac Damon. Those two characters. Yeah, I like Kate. I like Kate. Uh, I ended up liking Lawrence Fishburne a lot, too, towards the end. Especially what he did at the end. I mean, I, that was generous of him. <laughs> oh, also, you notice real quick that uh, Lawrence's character, with uh, when it comes to uh, Roger, it, like he, everybody else would pass up Roger and not really talk to him. He works there. But Lawrence is yeah. the type of dude that actually spends time to talk to him, ask him how his day's going. You know, he's not above him. Yeah. You know, and no, I, I like not. that about the, his character in this movie, you know. Yeah, I like that too. But I will say Matt Damon, just, I mean, everything he went through, losing his wife, losing his stepson, fear he was going to lose his daughter. I mean, my heart went out to him more than anyone, I mean, in this movie. Uh but, you know, I think he was my favorite. Uh, you know, I, I, one thing I, I saw, I was watching this movie and I was like, man, this is this could be this could happen right now when everyone's breaking into the grocery stores, taking whatever they can. And they come across a sick person. I was like, you know, you go, let, let's leave now, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the, the Jude Law character, uh, the pregnant girl that knew him, I, I, I don't know if she dated him or what she knew him. Uh, he wouldn't help her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that arrogant a-hole. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I wanted to think that he was actually trying to help people, but in the end, he was just out for himself. I mean. And I'm glad he got caught. I'm glad that he, he yeah, got I, I am too. But, you know, in the beginning, I actually thought he was actually looking out for people. But... He wasn't. 
this movie is a big swerve, man. It was just like all over it the is. place. It's it'll have you uh, thinking, like not knowing what's going to happen. Being, I was literally surprised that Gwyneth Paltrow died early. I not, I, I maybe I thought that she would die, like you said before, but how fast yeah. it was when they cut back to her being dead like that was just so jarring. Uh, and I, but and the more I think about this movie, but I don't have the balls to watch it again. But I wonder if they like. I, I feel like this movie didn't really have a score. Like, didn't have a lot of music in it. I feel like. No, it didn't. I feel like like it was like realistic. You know what I mean? It didn't. Yeah, it was like, like watching a documentary. <laughs> and, and, it was like watching a documentary. Yeah. Almost. And, uh, and that's how we can. Just, was, go ahead. I was gonna say, and that's how we can dive into the versus mode aspects of it, because, um, like where you watching outbreak, it felt like you was watching a Hollywood movie, like you said though. Yeah. This feels like you watching a documentary. Yeah, it does. Truly does. Yeah, it's, and that's what's the most gripping thing about this is yeah. that, uh, like the more I thought about it, the movie, has stuck with me. Uh, and uh, and not in a good way, you know. It's, it's stuck <laughs> with me in the point of like after watching a movie, and I'm like, wow, you know, it makes you more cautious, makes you want to wash your hands more, makes you want to yeah. uh, be careful of who you're around. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't seen, um, like all right, so I wouldn't seen uh, the hunt last Friday was the last movie I got to see in theaters before they closed down, um. And and in that theater, it was only a few of us in that theater. But in that theater, there's a man that's sitting like in the front row, in the front seat uh, on the you know, um, you know, like right before you go on the top. Uh, yeah. Like I was right there where the bars are on the front first row where the bars are. He was sitting at the ground level at the first seats right there, uh, and he was coughing just so many times. And got up uh, several times. Came back in, was coughing and all that. And my mind was thinking, "Man, I'm not touching anything in this theater." And then, like every time, like <laughs> I'm talking to Quentin, <laughs> and every time he kind of coughed or sniffled a little bit, I'm thinking, "Uh, uh-uh, man, you know." And it, it, th- this movie just heightens your paranoia. You just like everything is now lethal to you. It's like what yeah. Jaws does for the water. It's what Jaws did for the water. This does for germs. Yeah, but I, I can't go back and watch this. <laughs> but I agree. It, it's Jaws, you know, if, even if I have only seen it one time, it, it would have stuck with me. I probably would have had it. If it would have been different for me, I wouldn't have had a love for sharks or anything. I probably been afraid of them after watching this, like most people were. Uh, <laughs> I'm weird. Um, it would it had the same effect. I probably would have never gotten the water. Where some people can't, you know. They're afraid of sharks or whatnot, afraid of the water, afraid of drowning. Uh, yeah, this makes you afraid to go places, which right now you can't. But at the time we watched it, I think we still could. The restaurants were still open. Theaters were still open at the time. Uh, you know, bowling alleys. Are they still open or closed? I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, barbershops and hair, hair, hair salons, they're closed down. Um, yeah, I knew that. Uh, the mall uh, is open as far as I know, but you can you can't eat in the food court. You can only get food to go. Um, 
I don't know about bowling alleys. I assume anywhere where more than 10 people can get together, it's got to close down. Because now it yeah. went from 50 to 10. Yeah, that's something's, you know, you go from that, and that that's bad news. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how long we're going to be in quarantine. I feel like it's going to be longer than they're saying. Because, uh, I mean, uh, I had a friend, his his wife's grandmother just passed away, and only 10 people can attend the funeral. So, I mean, yeah, I, I feel for him. I mean, it's a... Uh, at a time like this, you know, some people can't attend. You know, I, it sucks. Uh, but and maybe you know, maybe I, I don't remember it, but it feels like uh, this is the first time we've lived in a uh, time time frame where this has happened. Like I don't recall in, ever in my forty years of life um, such a no. where we where we were so so shut down, and you know, it's just like it feels very. Like if if I believe in zombie apocalypse, this is how it would happen. This feels like this is how it would happen, you know. Yes, like I had a dream. I had a dream about a zombie movie. Well, I thought it was a zombie movie at the time. Uh, they were on. It was, I believe it was in Florida as well because they're stupid. Uh, well, I'm not saying Floridian. Florida people are stupid. Just people that are going there for spring break are stupid. Uh, but yeah, it was. They were on a boat. And people just went mad and crazy. And just these guys jumped out of the water, took Mel Gibson was in the dream, by the way, <laughs> tore up his arm. I mean, Mark Wahlberg was in the, the, the dream, too. It's weird. <laughs> but, yeah, they tore up Mel's arm. Um, Mark Wahlberg takes his boat back to the shore. People are surrounding him, wanting money, wanting food. I mean, it, it was bad. And I, I was like, well, they, they had to be zombies in the water, but I, I don't know. It was just weird, and everything that's happened now, I was like, okay, that was a, just a dream, right? Not a vision of what's coming? <laughs> I, don't yeah. know, I, I mean, I mean, it's made me think, like, you know, uh, it's like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I agree, if a zombie apocalypse was going to happen, or an apocalypse like that, this is how it would happen. You know, it's, yeah, I, I'm just saying prepare, you know, uh, I have faith that things are going to turn out okay, but we don't know God's plan. Right. So, well, at least have, at least have a zombie contingency plan, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get my marks for this movie. Uh, uh, um, is there anything else you want to mention? I'm sorry to cut no, you off. I think, I think I'm good now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I probably have scared our listeners, so I think I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Brandon has scared him. <laughs> bunker down in his home with a shotgun. Like, <laughs> stay off my land. But, uh, but uh, this all right. So I give this movie. I'm going to give this uh, three and a half stars out of five. Uh not because I hated the movie. It was a good movie, well done, well acted, well well directed. It was just a, a hard movie to watch, and uh, yeah, and it it sticks with me. But it just it, I didn't love the movie. But I didn't. It's not that I didn't love the movie because of 
like anything like aesthetically aesthetic or anything like that or character or script. It's just that I didn't love the content of the movie. It was just a hard movie to watch. But I love. I thought they did it. Uh, it was a well done movie though. But I yeah. just can't give it. I can't give it five or I can't give it four. It's just how I feel, man. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> how you feel. That's how you feel. Uh, I'm gonna give it four markouts on the markout meter, though. Um, basically, for everything you just said, it's a hard movie to watch, um, but it felt so real, and it's something I don't want to ever see again. Uh, but I give it, I give it its props. You know, it stuck with me, um, <laughs> and it probably will stick with me for some time. Um, but I never want to see it again. But I thought everybody was good in the movie. I thought it was well-directed. Um, I felt it was all over the place. But for a movie like this, it should be all over the place. So It's kind of like how a pandemic four. is, though. It's like a, it's all yeah. over the place, though. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I give it four. There's some things I didn't like about it. Uh, like, uh, I guess, the Kate Winslet character, you know. But, you know, she got infected. I mean, that's... It could happen. So, I mean, but maybe it was the whole point of her character is to show how at risk people that deal with it hands on is. Yeah. uh, To getting affected by the virus. Um, It's just, man, it's, and and people don't, we don't, and, and, and with that being said, man, we don't even think about that aspect of it because there's people right now with the coronavirus, a real life virus. Uh, yeah. that is uh, that's literally risking their lives trying to find a cure for this thing. <laughs> that that is putting themselves at harm's risk, you know, yeah. with this with this infection. And so I take I take my hat off to them. Uh, that you know, and plus the people in the medical field, like doctors and nurses and stuff like that, man, that's treating people that may potentially have it. Yeah, you you don't know, and you don't really know. I mean, you know what it's done to other countries, but you you don't know what it can do. I mean, we don't honestly. That's the scary part about it. We don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> uh, but you know, but I mean, it could be blown out of proportion. It 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 possibly could be. I honestly think it is to a point, but people have died thousands of people have died in italy which and i did st- not know <laughs> and, are, and are still uh, dying yeah so i mean obviously they don't have uh you know the doctors that we do so i mean we need to come up with a vaccine for everyone for all the countries uh, in the world i mean but you know like i said we just don't know you know uh I mean, with um with the uh, all right, so with versus mode, uh, Brandon, uh, which movie was <laughs> sorry to say it? Which movie was which movie was better? Well, it, it's it's very hard to pick a winner here. Like I, I thought about this earlier, and I was like, I'm gonna tell him it's a tie because <laughs> I, I gave four out of four for both, four out of five for both. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know how to really label it. Um, come up with the answer. I had more fun watching Outbreak, but I think uh, Contagion is probably the better film overall. Uh, 
it's definitely the more serious film overall. Uh, but I also think Outbreak had better performances, mm-hmm. but different type of movie as well. So I mean, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Contagion's the better film. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's by inches. Yeah, it's really by inches. They're both they're both great movies. It's just different ways of filmmaking or, or storytelling. Uh, whereas yeah. Outbreak is a Hollywood glossy '90s, uh, what do they call uh, disaster movies? You know what I'm saying? On yeah. those '90s disaster movies, which was a genre all its own, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, whereas this movie is uh, just showing the the spread of a pandemic from one place throughout the United States and um and, and it's not pretty. It's gritty and it takes it takes away all the Hollywood bells and whistles and strips it down to make it just a bare bones movie. Uh this one is probably the better movie of the of the two as far as like way it's written and storytelling and things like that. But yeah. but it doesn't take away from what Outbreak is like like you said. Outbreak is also still a really good movie. That was out of both movies. That's the one I would be able to watch again. This one I never yeah, I ever mean, in my life want to see ever in my life ever again. So, yeah, as far as rewatchability, Outbreak gets it. I, I would watch it again. I, I may actually end up buying the game, the movie uh, at some point if I can. <laughs> but I, so, are you picking Outbreak as the winner? Um, as far as rewatchability, I pick Outbreak as the winner for that. As far as the better of the movies were, you know, both of them were great movies, but that's the better of the movies, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but you have one question. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, well, what's your butt? No, no, no. You go way. ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, so let's say things tend to get worse. Uh, things shut down. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think we'll react the way people reacted in this movie, Contagion? I think there's a possibility. I know. I know that uh, when typically, whenever uh, lights go out, tr- like uh, during the uh, Har- the blackouts in, um, I believe it was in Harlem or something like that, back in like late seventy something, early eighty something. Uh, that was uh, late seventy something. That was uh, which birthed hip hop because during that blackout, a lot of people stole a lot of uh, record equipment and stuff like that, and so a lot of DJs started popping up overnight. You know, um, yeah. So I, I think that, uh, but that's just history. I think that, um, I think that whenever something like this happening, whether it's like a riot or whether it's some type of blackout, it's going to cause people to go crazy, and we can already see that in a yeah. sense of. Uh, we can already see that in the sense of the uh, how people treat people at Walmart, like how people grab all these toilet paper rolls and uh, you know everything like that, and not really leaving stuff. So I can see that spilling out into like people getting violent and things like that. Because if you get hungry enough, you'll do what you gotta do to survive. Yeah, as long as we don't go Walking Dead with things. <laughs> You know, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I I can see people losing their minds. I think it's already starting, but I can mm-hmm. see people 
really start to lose their minds if things do oh. not get better. Quick question for you. So, uh, all right. All right. So, uh, we didn't talk about the versus mode of this. Now, I want to mention real briefly. Uh, so, with uh, WWE, uh, I don't know if AEW <laughs> is doing it too, but WWE has been, I guess, having shows with nobody there. I don't know. I don't know if that's what's happening. Uh, um, and I know they're rumored at one point to have it at the Performance Center at WrestleMania. Now there's also rumor that it's going to be at uh, Madison Square Garden. I guess an empty Madison Square Garden is what I'm assuming. Uh, what uh, What's your thoughts on that? And also, is AEW, are they, do they still have a live audience, or what are they doing? Uh, well, I'll go ahead and answer the AEW first. Uh, they had a few wrestlers in the audience the last episode of uh, Dynamite. People praised it. I have yet to see it. I'm still like four or five weeks behind. But they have praised what they did compared to what WWE has been doing. (laughs) I saw a little bit of what WWE did. Uh, Mainly the Stone Cold segment. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life (laughs) as far as wrestling goes. What did did they do? Well, Austin was like, can I get a hell yeah? And he kind of looked at an empty arena and then what's his name uh, oh what's his name the one that no one likes the announcer uh I graves the, yeah the, the new the new coachman that guy yeah him uh i can't think of his name nobody uh, can. he, he just jumps about. up he just jumps up and says oh hell yeah and you got Michael Cole looking at him like he's stupid. Stone Cold looks at him like he's stupid. I mean, I was like, oh, my God. Is his name Byron? Stupid. Byron something? Yeah, Byron Saxton or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, God, they need to fire this guy. He is awful. And I guess it was supposed to be comical, but it was just, like, cringeworthy. You know, like, the worst kind of cringeworthy you can see. So, yeah, that was bad. Um like, I hadn't seen any of the SmackDown they did, um, but their plan as far as WrestleMania, um, first it was announced they were going to do it at the Performance Center, nobody there. Then they said they were going to switch it to June for the Madison Square Garden. They thought this would be over with, but apparently that's not happening either. <laughs> um, now they've announced it will be two nights at the Performance Center, that uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I think Goldberg is a Goldberg and Roman Reigns is going to main event on Sunday night. I think Brock and Drew is going to main event on Saturday night. Right now, there's only eight matches for each night. So um, I think it's a train wreck. I probably will not watch. <laughs> I just can't see myself watching WrestleMania with an empty arena. I think it takes the magic away. I, it almost looks like I saw a little bit of Raw. Um, I think Seth Rollins was wrestling somebody. It looked like a practice session to me. <laughs> That's how I took it. They were they were practicing. I mean, nobody it, there, you know. That's what it feels like. It feels like you're training. And uh, then, and then yeah. you could probably hear him calling the calling the matches and calling Yeah, the... yeah, you could. You could hear him. I mean, right. That's like playing like a football game, like the Super Bowl of nobody there. It takes away. I mean. It feels like it's a practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and 
and that's the crazy thing about this, Brandon, is that we're living in a time right now where, uh, like, for the first time in years, there's no NBA Finals. There's no yeah. – uh, I, I don't no really March do Madness. NASCAR. Yeah, there's no March Madness. Uh, there's no WrestleMania. Uh, you know, there's – I can't I – I can't – like, first time in my life, Brandon, there is no – there's no real WrestleMania for the first time in my life. Yeah, and uh, and that was forced. Vince was not, did not want to do it. And I remember the governor of Florida said, if he doesn't move it elsewhere, we will move it for him. <laughs> no, and yeah, Vince does not want to give it up. And what he, I don't understand it. I do not understand him at all. With everything going on, just postpone it and it's pick up that- when things are better. Yeah, it's not that he doesn't need the money. Uh, it's not that he needs the money. I mean, like, like literally, uh, you know, it's it's not yeah, that I he mean, needs the money. You can really postpone it and then into a better time frame and just do it. It doesn't hurt to do WrestleMania in like say September or like it's crazy that I'm thinking about the fact that this might go into September. I've heard this, but you know, um. Yeah, it is crazy. But, you know, it doesn't hurt because, I mean, look, he's a billionaire. He's got a billion-dollar company. Give these guys time off, you know? Yeah. Just give them time off. I mean, you know, they could use the time off. They make a lot of money, you know? But, yeah, I think AEW is actually going to stop for a little bit because they announced that we'll be back on our next dynamite show, but they didn't say next week. So, uh, so I think they're going to take time off, which I think which is, is a smart thing to do if they're doing it. Yeah, it is smart. You know, I think that it, it, in this time with everything going on with this virus and everything, it's not a bad idea for things to like, I didn't realize, I didn't understand why at first, uh, why like say Mulan or other movies, a uh, quiet place. The first one that really announced that they pushed themselves backwards, you know, I didn't understand yeah. why at first. I was like, well, wh- what does that, why, how does this affect this? But it affects it in the sense of obviously people coming out to see it. I believe what will eventually happen if they can't get a wide release from Mulan, it's probably best to them maybe release it on the on the Disney streaming service and people might, you know, get more subscriptions that way. Um, I, I just- don't know. As they're expected to, the the whole Hollywood, you, you know, com- all the companies all together are expected to lose seventeen billion dollars this year. That's that. I, I could see studios going under because of this, mm. and that's crazy to think. But you know, we we spoke about it earlier. Onward is going to lose a lot of money. Um. Uh, if Mulan goes straight to the Disney Plus, that's going to lose a lot of money. That's going to lose a lot of money. Well, it's not going to get like like as we mentioned in the uh, movie news segment of our uh, of our show. It's it's not going to like doing twenty dollars to rent a movie online is not feasible. It's not feasible no. at all. You all are still paying for your Regal Unlimited subscriptions, and you can't even use them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you. I know, I know. 
<laughs> he said, "I know, like you about to cry, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. Y- y'all have y'all paying. They still getting twenty one dollars a month, and uh, and they're not letting people out of their contracts. And you know, and yeah, that's Which ain't true. right. It ain't right. It ain't right, man. Y'all can't use it. Why? Why? You you can't use it unless they create a streaming service that allowed you to see those movies via your home. Yeah. Then they need to go yeah. ahead and release it." Yeah. Yeah, I, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but they're going to get a lot of phone calls about the Regal Unlimited, I'm sure. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a crazy time. It is. Um, so speaking of that, um, I would have tonight gone to see A Quiet Place 2. Obviously, that's not happening. Uh, what are you currently watching, and what do you plan on watching this week uh, going forward? And what are we going to do next week uh, for the people to know? Uh, currently watching Parks and Parks and Rec. I'm on the last season. I watched episode one earlier today um, while I had a brief moment <laughs> where I had to help my son with his homework. Uh, yeah, I know you didn't like that episode, or- did you? I know I did not. I, what were they thinking? <laughs> making them turn on it. each other. Like, I knew like, it. Like okay, so I gotta be. I gotta go with Ron Swanson here. I don't know what's happened, but I gotta go with Ron. He is why I watch the show. <laughs> like I, 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 my number two now has become Jerry. Like, See or Larry See? or yeah, Jerry. I don't Larry, know what his Gary. name is anymore. If he ends up with Mary. That's, that's that's just uh. but yeah he's coming my number two like I've kind of, I haven't turned on Andy but I just don't find him that funny anymore towards the end mm-hmm. I like uh, season six is now season seven starting out I just he's, he's I don't know more annoying to me right now than anything I miss Andy from the earlier seasons uh, but you know he obviously he's become more mature he's stupid mm-hmm. as ever but he's still I know you like April. Never been a fan of her. Never. Uh, I, I, I just want to point this out, though. During this season, during this time frame, this is when Chris Pratt is freaking Chris Pratt the star. So he's stuck with the show even when he's now yeah, a superstar. And so that's pretty awesome wanna, that he, he did that. I want to say he became uh, – I want to say he was shooting Guardians in season six, though. Yeah, that's when he, he got transformed. Yeah, he transformed yeah, overnight. He's like, he, he be, yeah, I was like, what happened here? He looks different. He's doing Guardians. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't hate the show like my nephew does. I'm pretty sure you saw his comment. He called it trash. I don't think it's trash. I think it's a sophisticated uh, sitcom. Mm-hmm. It's got a good story. I just don't find it as funny as some other people do. I know you find it hilarious. I just... Or you really like? You said you liked it better in the office. I yeah, can't. Did. I can't go there. <laughs> I did. I mean, I, I I'm not saying anything the- about the office though, because I like. I liked a lot of the characters in the office. I got stale on the whole Jim and Pam uh, thing. They became some uh, of the stalest characters to me. Uh, Dwight became really? one of my favorite characters. Yeah, it's just like like it's just in that show. That show. Uh, what, we, I became more of really a Dwight to, guy. 
we didn't really get to dive into the office. Well, we will when we were dive into Parks and Rec. We're gonna dive into it then. We're gonna dive all the way in, both feet. Are we gonna do versus mode for that? If you want to, it's, it's uh, your call. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's my pick <laughs> next week. Uh, I almost forgot, but yeah, I mean, like I don't hate it or nothing, uh, but. Like, I, I feel like if Ron Swanson wasn't part of that show, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I can agree with that. Like, I, I, I think uh, Ron could have been on The Office, and I would have loved to have seen him and Dwight buttheads. <laughs> I love Ron Swanson. He's my favorite character on uh, Parks and Rec, hands down. Yeah. Uh, he's like, it, it, this is going to be, I assume this is next week's episode, so I don't yeah. know. So I don't yeah, want to get into it. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Yeah, but that's what I'm currently watching. I'm currently reading Meg, Angel of Death, which I'm probably going to finish this weekend. I was going to review it, but I, I, I don't know if I will. <laughs> it's not going like I thought it would go. But <laughs> not that I don't like it or nothing. I just don't want to review anything book-wise. I don't want to review anything that I don't love. Uh, that makes know. sense. Yeah. But – but as far as movies I'm watching this week, uh, I think I'm going to review Chuck. It's on Netflix. Uh, the show Chuck? So or... what inspired... No, not, not the show. Uh, the movie. It inspired the movie Rocky. The, hmm. the real life uh, guy. So I think I'm going to watch that before it goes off Netflix. I think it's going off at the end of March. So I'm going to try to watch that next week. Do you, know what I was, do you know what I was coming out for Netflix? For the people, just in case they wonder? No, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was that. just going through my, I was just going through my queue, and I I saw it, and I clicked on it, and it said it was leaving March 29th. But no, I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, for me, uh, um, this week I um right now I'm watching Inner Space. Um, as I still, I'm using up the last of my free Cinemax or whatever I have. <laughs> um. But um, I want I watch an inner space. Although I've seen inner space, what I did is I went back and watched some of the movies that I never got to see uh, back when they first came out because I just maybe just didn't want to see them, like Skinwalkers, which was terrible to me. Uh, uh, the uh, I agree. Stay Alive, which is also terrible with Frankie Muniz, is a really bad movie. I disagree with you on that one though. Well, uh, I, when I, I, I hadn't seen it in years, but. When I saw it, I liked it. It was bad, man. It was so bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It like like it didn't make sense. Just looking at it from the aspect of a video game, and the and when the people are all in one room playing the game, it makes no sense what the camera does. Like whenever they show the game, like them, like the fr- first person and I, stuff like I, that. Because I remember that scene. Because they weren't doing first person. There was no dividers on the screen to have different people do their own thing. They were all just within the same screen. That does not work. That does not work in video games. Uh, maybe even in even in um, what's that one game? Uh, Marvel. Uh, uh, was it Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Alliance. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Ultimate, yeah, yeah. When that one, you have maybe four characters, but they're all on the screen together, and it's like almost a scroller, but it's a forward scroller, I think. Uh, and you go in through and you can do your powers and stuff like that but you're all within the same screen where you can do it and this one they would go off and one would explore here one would explore there and uh it doesn't work in 
um, video games. That's, that's one thing I had a problem with. But um, uh, also, I watched John Tucker Must Die, which is, I liked it. I liked the movie. I had fun with it. Um, and then I watched Troll and Troll 2 today. I watched Troll 2 today, which is a most- I read your review on Troll 2, and I think I've seen it. And oh. actually enjoyed it as a kid. Oh man! They, they they would feed these people of like was it pies, like pies, pies and stuff like that, and they would turn them into like green mush. Yeah, and just eat it, eat them. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I watched that movie as a kid. I actually liked it. I it's can so, never remember what it was called though. Yeah, it's so bad, but it's so good. It's one of those movies that's so bad that it's good. Uh, the dialogue is so bad. That's just one. And I was gonna record this. Uh, like on the show on that channel, I was gonna record a review of this movie, uh, and uh, this I'm one sure. guy, this one guy says, the father, <laughs> he says he's like going through because he's mad at mad at the son, and like there's signs on each door that has like Holly's name, the daughter's name, somebody else's name, somebody else's name, and he says he has the son in his hands. He's like, can you read this? Do you know what it says? It spells hospitality. <laughs> He's like, it's not even good dialogue. And he's like, and then like, he says, no one pisses on hospitality. And 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 then like, he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tighten my belt one buckle, one hole more, so I can uh, not feel the hunger pains. And that's, and I'm gonna suggest to your mother and your sister do the same. I'm like, why is that real dialogue? But it's great. I enjoy watching how bad this movie was. And I will review it this week on the channel. I will review it. I have a review for you for that. And I also plan on having a review for you for Don't Tell the Mom. Don't Tell Mom that Babysitter's Dead because I also finished watching that as well. I remember that one very fondly. <laughs> but Trolls 2, uh, or Troll 2, whatever it's called, I was like, I couldn't remember the name of that movie. But I remember liking it. But, you know, I was like, probably like nine. I think. Uh, I want to say it came on USA, but I'm not sure. You uh, probably did. It came out in '91. Yeah, I don't know. Came out. Yeah, I was about eight then. So, yeah, I probably saw it when I was about nine, about a year later. Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad you reviewed it because it, it brought back memories. <laughs> I want to see it again. Well, there you go. I plan also <laughs> on the channel. I plan on doing a full review of this movie with no. I'm not. I'm going to spoil everything because I'm going to just go into it. Uh, and then don't tell mom the babysitter dad. I, I may uh, spoil it. I'm not sure. Um, well, I also, I finished watching Adventures of Baby. Yeah, I also watched Adventures of Babysitting, which is crazy because the guy that played uh, the little the the brother Brad, I think his name is Brad in in Adventures of Babysitting, is the brother. Yeah. And uh, don't tell mom the babysitter dad. I, I totally forgot that. He's the dude that says the dishes are done, man. <laughs> when he's when he's shooting the dishes, um, yeah, such a that that movie. I will tell say this part about that movie is Christine Applegate was so great in that movie, um, and uh, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed the one guy that played her like love, love interest, um, the guy from Jaws three. Yeah, the guy from Jaws three. And, I don't uh, know his name, but he's from Jaws 3. I know him from uh, The Good Wife. He played in the show The Good Wife. Um, but, yeah, he he was pretty good in the movie. 
Uh, and then also, uh, David Duchovny's in that movie as like some like sl- slimy boyfriend of one of the characters. Um, ah, it's been a while since I've seen it. A young David Duchovny. So, yeah, before X Files, David Duchovny. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, this the movie man is uh the movie's not a bad movie. I I enjoyed it. Um uh, I've seen it before. Uh so and then another thing, and I wanna keep talking, I'll let you say what you guys say. But I also watched for the first time Jumpin' Jack Flash, which was uh uh it starred Whoopi Goldberg, like I said in my review on Letterboxd. It also has uh uh Phil Hartman in it. Uh it also has John Lovitz. Uh it had so many other people in it. I forget who else is in it. But, yeah, it was just so cool to see them, like, before they were really big. And, uh, yeah. But the movie just fell, fell apart. I'm, when it comes to Whoopi, I like, like, I liked Eddie. I like, um, another, like, Ghost, obviously. Uh, and some, Sister Act. Uh, yeah, Sister Act. Yeah. I love those movies like that that she did. Uh, about bogus. I forgot like about bogus. bogus. Is that was that with the imaginary fan friend uh, fan friend? Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. totally forgot about bogus because I always blocked out bogus because I remember drop dead Fred. So I forget about bogus. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember she was in that. I haven't seen a lot of her work though. Uh, I mean, I've seen Eddie, the Sister Acts. And uh, I seen bogus. Uh, that other one you mentioned, that's ghost. Oh, also, uh, made in America, made in America. Yeah, made in America. Yeah, with Ted Danson and Will Smith and Neil Long. And I, yeah, yeah. I would say probably uh, excluding Ghost, Made in America was probably my favorite movie at first. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, well, I would say that or Eddie. Was uh, like, was I really, really I really, I really liked Eddie. Uh, that's the one where she becomes a, a, the coach uh, of the Knicks, right? The Knicks. Yeah. I feel like there's another movie that's very similar to that, but there's a lot of movies kind of similar to that. Like there's a lot of movies back in the '90s that are 2000s that was about kids either playing Major League Baseball or doing something with Major League Baseball. Do you remember that little thing? Yeah, it was little big year, rookie of the year. Uh... He, that guy from Rookie of the Year, Thomas N. Nichols, made another movie about King Arthur. Kid and King Arthur. I don't know. Kid and King Arthur's Court. Yeah, I never watched it, but I know he was in it. <laughs> uh, I did like Rookie of the Year, though. Daniel Stern's in that. <laughs> oh, Angels in the Outfield. I love that movie. Angels in the Outfield is probably one of my favorite ones. Um, but I know we didn't went totally off the rails, guys. Uh, but this is, yeah, this is this just considered as bonus, guys. If you listen to this, it's just bonus material. Uh, we we were we're well past contagion and stuff. We're not going to talk about it no more. We're going to talk about good things now and good memories. But yeah, so that's what I plan on watching this week. Um, and I plan on also maybe getting back into Netflix because I've been on Prime this whole week. Plan on get back into Netflix and see Kingdom season two, which Kingdom is a zombie movie, a zombie show. That takes place in uh, 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 feral, feral Japan, I want to say. I want to say it's Japan. Uh, but it's like 
where like zombies happen. And the first season was so crazy. And so, you know, I like to see the second season. Um, to see how it goes. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And then maybe jump into Shutter and watch some stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, as far as me, I'll be sticking with Netflix through the week. Uh, but as far as movie nights with Beth, I think I'm going to watch Honey Boys as my next pick. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see Shia LaBeouf play his father. So, and I'm curious to see that story. Uh, uh, I think you reviewed it and you liked it. Uh, I did. I'm just, I probably won't review it or nothing, but I I, I just want to see it. I, I will tell you no. that if you plan on ever buying a movie on Prime or renting it, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon is a good movie. I recommend anybody see that. It's about a guy that is has Down syndrome who wants to be a professional wrestler, <laughs> and he yeah. and, and he runs away from like the nursing home uh, to try to go to his wrestling school somewhere down in like either Louisiana or somewhere in Florida or something like that. And uh and he comes across Shia LaBeouf who uh takes him under his wing to kinda takes him to trying to see him to make it sure make sure he makes it safely where he needs to go. Um man what a tremendous movie. It's called Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Uh Beth bought it uh about oh. a month ago. You should watch it. Uh, I should eventually get to that. <laughs> you no, know, it's really it's a really good movie. So many. You would love it. I'm telling so you. Many... I was told I would. Uh, actually, when my friend uh, told me I would love it, because she knows I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, she said you'll love it just because of wrestling, but you'll love it because of the story as well. I she's like, it it's so your type of movie. And I was like, what does that even mean? Oh, <laughs> but, oh. yeah. And I won't review it. I will let you review it. Whenever you do watch it, put it on the, put it here on the channel. Fans that are listening to us, Brandon will have that on the channel sometime in the future. I'm not going to say in the near future because he has a lot on his plate, but <laughs> in the future, God willing. Well, let me ask you, is Honey Boy worthy of a, re- of a review? Do you think? I mean, I liked it, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. Okay. It, yeah. Because I only had I, one movie I was going to review this week, and that was going to be the Chuck. Uh, I was like, well, that, that sounds interesting. It inspired Rocky Battle Boy. I'm a huge Rocky fan. It just sounds like something. I would really get into. <laughs> what, what year but, was that movie uh, made? Uh, 2018, I think. Leave Schreiber plays plays Chuck. They have two versions of it. One's called The Brawler, and the other one's called Chuck. I figured Chuck would be the one worthy watching, but I may watch both. But I only plan on reviewing Chuck. Okay, and then also uh, I plan on for our YouTube channel. Uh, Doing maybe, uh, I'll probably put Inner Space on the YouTube channel for those who want to know, find out. Mark Out Movie uh, Podcast on YouTube. Uh, I have some reviews on there. I probably put Inner Space on that. Just, you know, just talk about it. I'm trying to have us on different outlets, people, you know, so yeah. that you can just, it's not just here at Anchor or Spotify or wherever else you hear us. 
You can also dig into our letterbox reviews at Brandon Creek. He's on letterbox. Rev A Rock, I'm on letterbox. Uh, and uh, Listos there. I'm also the Cinema Bra on on Stardust. I put on I put like little quick reviews on there, uh, reactions. So I'm gonna try to put some more out there for you there. Just we try to get ourselves out there for people to listen to and love and experience and enjoy. Enough yeah. said. I'm going to try to do the stardust uh, when we get back to normal. Okay. I tried to do it with her for the hunt, but she just didn't want to. I was like, okay. And I didn't think about doing it for bloodshot since, you know, we were amidst of this coronavirus. But, uh, yeah, I was, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it. Try to help the brand out. Well, there we go. So we, we're trying to get out there. Uh, if y'all have anything that, and I'm so Southern because I'm saying y'all, if y'all have anything that you, yeah, if you, if you all have anything that you want us to review, don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, on Facebook, we are the Mark Out Movie Podcast on Facebook. You can message us there, right on our board or page or whatever. I don't know what you call it. Just let us know. So say, hey, man. <laughs> We review this. We both, me and Brandon, both have Netflix. We both have Prime, and we both have Hulu, and we both have Shutter now. So, yeah, between those places, we will be. And plus, I already have a shelf full of movies, so I might even already have it. Especially if it's old school, especially horror. I have a lot of old horror. So, hit us up, man. It's gonna come in handy later. That oh. will come in handy. For the horror section, it will. Uh, but I didn't know what you had personally, and I don't know what's streaming when it comes to horror. Uh, bad movies on Amazon is what's streaming, but uh, um, they do have a lot of bad movies on Amazon. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Cracker Jack, Duck. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> oh, I love it. But um, oh, I love Cracker Jack. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It kind of made me want to watch it. Just because of that that review, and it was really just the one where he says duck. That's the one, that's the only one I wanted. Oh, that's to. part two. That's part two. But it's hard to get through though. But once you get to that moment, oh, it just made it all worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt about that movie was hard to watch. That's how I felt about uh, watching uh, Demon Wind and what you know, and watching uh, Troll Two. And once you get to the classic parts where people quote all the time. It's well worth the watch, um, but yeah. uh, which you're gonna hear. It, but um, uh, yeah, so let the people know what we got coming up next week, Brandon. All right, uh, so next week we're gonna be doing binge worthy for a 69th episode of Parks and Rec. It could turn into a binge worthy versus mode. I don't know. I'm not planning that, but. It could happen. Well, you can't talk. You just never know here. You can't talk Parks and Rec without bringing up The Office. <laughs> I mean, The Office is the show. I'm talking about the United States office. I've never seen the British office. Uh, some will probably yeah. even say that it's better than the American version. I, I can't see how it would be. But, you know, it's just me. I like the American version. But uh, I, I would just say that you can't talk about Parks and Rec, Modern Family, or what we do in the shadows, or any show that deals with like a uh, documentary crew following people, 
without bringing up the office because the office did it and did it so well that everything that does it now is compared to that. Um, uh, it's understandable though. But also we'll review. Well, Aaron will review. Don't tell the mom the babysitters did. Um, Troll two. Was there another one you're gonna do? Uh, Troll two. A- uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and if I have something that comes up, um, during my time frame, like I'm, I'm right now, I haven't been doing it, but I got um, Nosferatu by Joe Hill that I'm listening to. I haven't started really listening to it. I wanted to do the uh book v movie again but uh of that yeah but i just i haven't been motivated to i've been just trying to plug through some stuff that was on uh prime and uh cinemax so um yeah, yeah. uh as far as me uh maybe i'll review uh what am i reading meg angel of death D- it depends where the story goes right now uh, i'm half and half about it uh I will review Chuck uh, from Netflix, and if I think it's worthy, I guess I can review Honey Boy, uh, if it's worthy. Okay. Aaron doesn't think it's all that worthy. You, Not that he didn't like it. You'll like I it. Think it's all I think you'll like it. I like it? Yeah. It's just, uh, I've seen why people like the movie. Uh, like, Shia does a good job in the movie, and the kid that plays, uh, I guess, supposed to be young Shia, does a good job as well. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that I saw it. I'll probably never see it ever again. But it, it <laughs> doesn't mean I didn't like it, though. As we know now from our conversations, Brandon, just because we say we'll never see something again doesn't mean we didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Just, but, I mean, if it's hard to watch, you know, you, you liked it, but you just, you can never go back. It's just too difficult. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but I mean, I know with you though, there's a lot of movies you enjoy, but you won't go back and watch. It doesn't have rewatchability with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. I've learned this since I've been doing the podcast with Aaron that if it does, certain films he likes, but he just won't ever watch again. Yeah, it's just that I, I just you know some some movies like I'm like oh wow I really enjoy that movie, but. You know, I'm not in a hurry to see it ever again. Uh, I can't think of one right now off the top of my head. Okay, I can tell you one. And I even own it, but I probably won't watch it anytime soon. Is Logan. You know, I like Logan. Probably never watch it again. Because I I, I know what happens. But I really enjoyed the movie. But unless I'm going to show somebody that movie, probably won't watch it again. I think uh, if we ever go back and watch all the Edsman movies again, uh, Logan's top of the list for me. Yeah, I'll it's do it favorite. again if I do that because I have to. That's me. That's my. Yeah. That's who I am. If I'm going to go back and watch the whole series, which I own the whole series, except for the the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, I don't own that. I don't. I don't own that one. We do. She went out. She went and bought it. <laughs> Not that I have anything against it. I, I actually enjoyed it, but it wasn't – I wouldn't put it in my top three or four. Uh, it's lower on the list. Not the worst, though. I think the third one's the worst, the, the original Dark Phoenix story, actually. 
the one with the uh, what was what was it called? What was the third X Men movie called? Uh, third X Men movie uh was Days of Fu- no, not Days of Future Past. Was no, no. Uh, uh, X Men Three Unite X Men United, right? Is that one it? I think that's two. Oh well, I can't remember. Um, Rise- it was the Dark Phoenix storyline. Rise of the Phoenix. I don't know. I don't. It's stupid. It's the dumb movie. I blocked it out of my mind. But, I remember Wolverine's but, skin melting away as he goes to grab Jean Grey. Yeah, it was the reason they had to start back over, essentially. Brian Sinker. <laughs> they had to go to Dature. <laughs> yeah, they had to, they just had to go back into the past and fix things uh, because of that movie. Um, yeah. It, that's my worst. I, I don't know where Dark Phoenix would be. I think it's somewhere in the middle, I would say. But, yeah. Yeah. So, Is that a train your way? Yeah, it's a train my way. You hear it, huh? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was my train going your way. <laughs> that's probably what it is. It's carrying a corona. No. Uh, I hope not. But uh, He's got jokes. He's got jokes. <laughs> I, I'm a dark humorist. It's hit Bowling Green, and he's still joking. I'm a dark humorist. It is what it is. Uh, it's just it's my personality. But um, <laughs> yeah. So hey, this is the episode for today. Uh, this is going to be probably just more bonus material that I chop up and put at the tail end or or on a separate video. Uh, but yeah. But until next time. Uh, I'm Aaron Whitlow. Brandon, you guys anything to say to the people? I'm Brandon Spivey. That's all I got to say. <laughs> he is Brandon Spivey all day long. And we are the.